We are Multicultural Young Adult Advisory Board, and this is our Minnesota. For our first ever episode, we are going to talk about mental health, mental illnesses, and diagnosis, language impacts and shapes our experiences in our daily lives, including our relationships to our mental health and mental illnesses. So our board members shared a little bit about how language matters. Today's topic, which is um, language and how language matters in terms of identities and our experiences in relation to mental health. And I wanted to touch on this because it was part of the conversation that we had during the retreat on what we want to call our board, (laughs) first of all, and how we want to use languages when we're doing events or doing outreach, even on our website. And I think it has a lot of relation in relation with um, this month, which is pride month and it also has Juneteenth so I wanted to just open it up to this topic on any ideas or perspectives not ideas perspectives um that people might have on language and identities and mental health this is uh this is like kind of tangentially related. And it's also a thing that we've talked about and have done like Instagram posts about. I think we are living in a time and a space where now more than ever, mental health is being talked about, particularly in like online forums in a way that makes it really seen and accessible to a lot of folks who like wouldn't otherwise have access to some of the language that we use to talk about mental health. So like there, I mean, like everybody on TikTok, right? Like is posting videos and content about mental health. And I think it is really cool to see the ways in which mental health is emerging on popular platforms. And I think that at the same time, I have seen the use of language that has historically been relegated to the sphere of mental health used by people who don't necessarily know like the meaning behind or like background of the the words and phrases that they're using. And that was like a really long winded way of talking about like, like I think there are particular like mental health diagnoses, for example, that come with like a very unique set of symptoms and that like really like change a person's interactions with other folks and with the world in like profound and sometimes serious ways. And so when like we see the ways in which like folks on TikTok talk about like, help me clean my like depression room, but like, what does it mean to use the word depression if you are not a person who has been diagnosed with major depressive disorder? Or like, uh, what does it mean to talk about like being OCD about about the ways in which you maintain your space if it doesn't come with a specific set of obsessions and compulsive rituals? Or what does it mean to talk about being ADHD as far as, you know, like choosing to focus on video games for two hours at a time instead of doing your homework? Like those are not necessarily what those words mean for folks who have lived with diagnoses of these things. And 
I, I think that like, generally speaking, I want the language that we use for our own identities to be accessible to other folks, you know? Like I, I, if I talk about being queer, I want people who aren't queer to understand what that means for me and to also have that be a phrase that like they have an understanding of. And I want them to use that phrase in a way that is reflective of the ways in which I as a queer person or folks in the queer community generally might use that word. So I feel like I'm rambling. This is just to say that like words are spreading and terms are spreading and phrases are spreading as they relate to communities who experience mental health issues or marginalization in any way, shape or form. And the ways in which those words are spreading are not always reflective of the experiences of those communities. And I think that that matters as far as making sure that we are hearing and seeing the experiences of the, those communities for what they are, rather than like painting a picture of them that doesn't accurately reflect what it looks like to live in those spaces. I, yeah, I think it's a double-edged sword when a lot of the mental health things are more talked about um, on social media and like in general as a person who was like newly diagnosed as neurodivergent, I was like, I've never heard of that until my therapist brought it up to me. And I was like, why aren't we not talking about this? And I feel like as I was doing more research on the resources that are available, it is getting a little more common for people to talk about it, I guess. But it's still so not talked about that it is harmful to not have that like not have enough resources available for me to understand what what i am and but at the same time if it's done in a like if it's done in a uh not a respectful way for people who hold those identities it can also create so much harm like reem said because i feel like a lot of the resources that they have is a lot of them are based on like autism spectrum or um, ADHD, but what if what about people who don't fit into those specific categories? And that's something that I've been struggling with because I'm not not those like I don't have those diagnoses. So then where do I go? Like like give me more resources, but they don't have it. So it's like when you have those specific terminologies or boxes that people try to fit in um, a lot of different diverse experiences into, I feel like it also can, one, create community, but also at the same time, not, um, not be open enough and very like othering certain people who might be experiencing similar things, but not the exact doesn't fit like that little box. I think um, I think uh, one thing that I think is interesting uh, and makes it really difficult for me to sort of like feel specific ways about the dissemination of like mental health terminology is that the reality is that like for a lot of folks of color, for a lot of queer folks, for a lot of marginalized folks, uh, mental health space isn't accessible in the traditional sense of like going to therapy, going to mm. see a psychiatrist, right? And so for a lot of folks, interacting with mental health content online is the way in which they start to identify patterns of thought and 
behavior that they experience. And that is not the same as receiving a diagnosis from a clinician, but it might be the most accessible thing. And I feel like we as a group have had conversations before about like the utility of the DSM-5 as it relates to like diagnosing large numbers of people with like pretty specific conditions that may not always be reflective of the diverse experiences of those people, even within that diagnosis. So uh, yeah, I think it's, it's tricky because Sion, you mentioned like sort of the good things that can come out of labels, which I feel like a lot of people have talked to me about is like, why, why call yourself something? Like, does it feel limiting to call yourself Arab, to call yourself Muslim, whatever? Uh, and I think part of what is empowering about like assigning a label to yourself is that it's a label that you've chosen that feels mm -hmm. right for you and that it like allows you to see that there are tons of other folks who identify with you in similar ways, whether that's as a person of color, whether that's as a person of a certain faith group, or whether that's a person with a certain diagnosis. And those things can be really validating, especially because I think when it comes to mental health, receiving a diagnosis can, or experiencing symptoms before you receive a diagnosis can sort of make you feel like you don't know what's going on with yourself, that like your mind has broken and it's really hard to understand why you're thinking or acting or feeling the way that you do. And then being told that it is a common enough pattern of thought or behavior, that there is a name for it to like encompass all of the other people who mm -hmm. experience this, that can be really validating, even if you never meet a single other one of those people. I think there's this like, there's this innate community that comes with receiving a diagnosis that doesn't necessarily require, intera require interacting mm -hmm. with folks who've experienced or receive the same diagnosis and and it is still a label imposed on you by a person who enters the diagnostic relationship with a set of like unconscious and intrinsic biases that that you don't know how to address and that they don't know how to address and that may play into the ways in which you receive this like label that may be validating but that also may may not be reflective